Welcome, everyone, to Balls on the Pitch. My name is Hussein Saif, and with me is Karim Hussein. Good to see you again, man. It's been, um, well, it hasn't been actually been that long, to be honest. It hasn't uh, been that long. I mean, it's been a week. It's been a week. It has <laughs> been a week. Actually, that is true. That is true. It's been a week since we recorded our first episode, and um, I know we both had we both we had some some nerves going into it. You know, we're starting something new, um, yeah. but. I, I was I was it was a very fun conversation and I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, same here, my man. It was it was super uh, it was a super chill conversation last time. Yeah, good. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. Yeah. Uh, so, this week, um, we have to begin on the biggest the biggest event that has happened um, since we last spoke. Now, people like me who are in my shoes, who uh, as I mentioned before, have only supported uh, I've only supported Arsenal since 2007. I can only imagine what city united and chelsea fans have been feeling over the last you know decade plus um you know I, I look at them when they win titles and i'm like wow i mean there must be some some great 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 like um juju you know uh or, or great mojo flowing through you right now you feel amazing i can tell but i, I can only i can only imagine <laughs> so that brings me to you and i have to offer my congratulations because liverpool after 30 years <laughs> Have won the Premier League or at least the league title. How does it feel? It um, look. I I will be honest with you. I'm I'm ecstatic. I I I am happy that we won the league finally. I it's first first league title that I've seen in my lifetime because yeah. I didn't. I'm I was born in '92, so like I didn't catch that last league title in 1990. Yeah. Um, it's been a minute. Um, and. I'm just so happy, man. I'm so happy that, that we've finally won it. Um, it's a sense of relief. I will be honest with you, though. I felt a little bit underwhelmed by the way we won it because we won it sort of like not being on the pitch. Um, yeah, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to. It's a little thing. Like, I, d I don't care at this point. I, we've won the league. Uh, yeah. We've won it in style. We've won it in a in the middle of a of a pandemic. You were the fastest. Teams, yeah, the fastest, fastest team to reach yeah. reach to win it. So like, yeah. it's it's a historical season in terms of sort of like numbers, in ter in terms of stats, in terms of uh, just everything, everything. The way we did it this season is just oh, it's incredible, man! It's incredible, and it's I think it it's even more incredible the fact that we did like we did it in that way after uh, doing what we did last season um so yeah like getting getting to 90 97 points within one point of uh, of uh, first um and then going on to win the champions league final and then coming back this season and doing it the way we did and like being 20 mm -hmm. i think we're 23 points ahead now mm -hmm. um you just didn't take no it's for an answer, basically. Yeah, it's just it was crazy. Every game. I mean, the the first game that I, I think, I will say, the game that I think, not convinced me, but sort of gave me hope that we would finally do it this season, was that Leicester game around Christmas time. Okay. That Leicester game, where, was it around I think it was around Christmas time, where we just absolutely destroyed them. I think it was on their home turf as well. Mm -hmm. Four nil. That was just such a statement from from the team yeah. to like go out and get the win, 
uh, I think Leicester at that time was second as well. So like, mm-hmm. it was sort of like our closest rival at that point in the season, and mm-hmm. we absolutely obliterated them, and it was yeah. beautiful. It was be- that was such a beautiful performance to watch. It was it was almost on the same same level as the uh, performance we had against Crystal Palace before mm-hmm. the 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 Chelsea City game. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm just so happy, man. I'm s- I'm so I can imagine, happy. dude. Like, uh, um, I was very obvi- obviously I'm very happy for for you guys. I mean, um, Liverpool is in in the top four fandom arena. Liverpool fans are the least annoying. Um, so I've always had I've always <laughs> had like more respect. Disagree with that, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> well, I've had more annoying United and Chelsea fans in my life, I guess than Liverpool fans. Uh, but I think there has been a mutual respect between Liverpool and Arsenal fans. And so for that reason, uh, I was very, very happy for you guys as well. And, um, you know, I, I watched the You'll Never Walk Alone Jurgen Klopp video and I actually cried, even though I'm not a Liverpool fan. It was very fucking emotional. <laughs> He's an emotional man. He's an emotional yeah, yeah. He, 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 I swear to God, I see any piece of content by him and I'm, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> exactly. I just want you. I, I just want to hug. hug just want to hug you. I just want to hug you all the time. Like he is such a beautiful person, isn't he? He is, dude. Yeah, <laughs> he is. It's a nice man. Like that's the the thing that um, that I, I admired most about him. Like once I I got I got to talking, uh, got to hearing him talk. Um, you know just how 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 good of a speaker he is, and how how intelligent he is on on many things, but also just the the innate charisma that he has. Um, yeah. and you know that's obviously why he's such a great manager you know like that's the kind of energy you want to be around you know um so yeah i mean his, his like you watch sort of like all like i've watched a ton of a ton of stuff that he's in of, of course i mean I, I watch press conferences i watch training i watch um what else was it? uh i read he he did an open letter uh he wrote an open letter in the uh in the liverpool echo uh mm-hmm. i think it was yesterday or today um and I, I read it, and he is such a well-spoken person. And he's, he, like, he always has the perfect thing to say about everything. Like he, and, he, and you never feel like he excludes anyone. You never feel like he, he sort of like uh, maybe excludes someone that you think should have been mentioned or uh, doesn't say something right about someone that you think should have been mentioned. He always has the right thing to say about every single person, and it just shows when he, when he says stuff like when he ta- he talks about sort of like um, the cafeteria ladies as if they're family. Uh, he talks about uh, Steven Gerrard as if he's still at the club. He talks about Kenny Dalglish as if he's still at, at the club, and he and he said basically like this win is for all of you. This win is for yeah. uh, Kenny. This win is for Stevie. Uh, yeah, it was and very, he, he goes on and says like why it's for them as well because they carried the club so, for so long and Stevie for example carried the club I think he said like he carried the club on his legs for so many uh, years this this win is for him as well so it's yeah. sort of like he always has an appreciation for the people around him and I think that's that's exactly why you're seeing the success um, that we're all seeing at, at the club yeah yeah and then and you know you could you could say oh he's he's won the title because he's such a brilliant tactical manager um and that's of course true but i think if you separate if you took away the charisma factor if you took away his personality then it's unlikely that he that he achieves the success that he's achieved you know it's it's that's such a big x factor um 
that that it, it really resulted in him getting and him building probably the best team since the invincibles you know because i think he will end up with one loss i think you'll have been i think you'll have one loss on the season which and you'll have almost been at the an invincible side and you will have been way better than our invincible side probably because of the of the standard of opponent that you're playing now i imagine um but yeah like the the, the fact that he is obviously um the way i would put it is he's emotionally um or, or what's the, the phrase is the, the the scientific or the clinical term is interpersonal genius like he's an interpersonal um master like he's he knows how to how to deal with people um he knows exactly he can basically uh, he can look at someone and, t and know how they're feeling and know what they want to hear and, and and tell them what they need to hear and he knows he'll probably know what they what they shouldn't hear as well you know um or he'll know what not to say and what you know so he he's he's just such a great man manager which is what we kept saying about fergie as well and wenger to some extent um where if you when you combine the the the, the knowledge that he's gained from working in germany for so long and i think they play the best football tactically i think that's probably the most developed and robust the the game is in europe right now um so when you take his background um of playing in what is now probably one of the best leagues in the world um, and then you couple that with ju just you're born with that kind of emotional intelligence yeah. and interpersonal skill um, and you get what you've gotten. And obviously there has to be uh, something to be said about the players that they've gotten as well. So I don't actually know much about Liverpool. So who's in charge of bringing in those players? Yeah. So basically the people who are behind the scenes of sort of like recruitment uh, and running the day to day stuff. Um, we have FSG president uh, Mike Gordon. And uh, for those who don't know, FSG is Fenway Sports Group, uh, right. and they are also the owners of the Boston Red Sox. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah they, they came in, in around, at around 2010, 2011, uh, mm -hmm. right around the time when we almost went into bankruptcy. Uh, yes, uh, I remember went, this. We actually. almost went into administration uh, mm -hmm. because of the previous owners uh, basically borrowing too much from the banks and not being able to pay it back. Uh, so basically, what Fenway Sports Group did was, I think they bought the club for around 300 million sterling mm -hmm. at that time. Um, and that included taking on the debt that the previous owners had, mm. um, had accumulated, basically. Um, so they took on a really big job and they've done so well uh, over the years. I think they took a, they took around five years to, to basically sort of like just get to grips with what the game needed and what uh, from a business perspective, basically. Uh, they made a few mistakes, obviously. Um, yeah. Like, I think they inherited Hodgson. Uh, mm. And Hodgson was sort of like a, a stopgap for them. They, they didn't keep him around too long. He was there for six months before they brought in uh, Kenny Dalglish as a sort of like interim. Yeah. Um, before then going with Brendan Rodgers, obviously. Um, so they've they've had a sort of like um, steady improvement in, in yeah, exactly. They yeah. a learning their their learning curve has been just basically on the up. Um, yeah. And the people who are behind the sort of like the the day to day transfers and uh, the goings on at the club currently are Mike Gordon, who is the president of FSG. Um, and you also have um, Michael Edwards. Now, Michael, Ed there is actually a, a 
really interesting piece on the athletic that i still haven't read but my mother's read and she's she's recommended it <laughs> okay <laughs> about michael edwards um and just his story like i know a lot of his story uh just off of like reading things he's a very very elusive character so like if you try and search anything about michael edwards online you'll get very little things and you'll get very little pictures of what he looks like like there are pictures roaming around here and there but like you'll get very little of um a visual of him yeah he's very behind the scenes he likes to like stay low uh just gets on with his work and has basically created this this monster of a team along yeah. with Mike Gordon and um Jurgen Klopp. So it's basically them three together. Right. And like it's I've read I've read up on on how they work together. It's sort of like they they all sit together when it comes to transfers and they make basically lists that include options A, options B, options C how much they're going to cost basically or in and around a value evaluation of how much these players should cost um and michael edwards is sort of like the analytical genius yeah that brings in the data and the numbers to support why these players are on these lists yeah um now michael edwards has, has been he was an it teacher he started off as an it teacher and then when you know sports zone yeah mm -hmm. so sports zone when that started or when it started picking up basically yeah. um the guy who was running it approached michael edwards when he was an it teacher uh spoke to him about it spoke to him about how like it would revolutionize uh, revolutionize the game uh and edwards was basically on board within a month at portsmouth he started off at Portsmouth, then went to with, uh, I think he was there with Harry Redknapp. Um, and then he moved on to Tottenham, uh, where he was with Damien Comoly, uh, who was the director of football at Spurs at that time. Mm -hmm. Damien Comoly then came to Liverpool in 2010 as director of football mm -hmm. uh, and brought Edwards with him. Right, right. And Edwards, so Edwards lasted there since, since 2010. Yeah, 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 Edwards has been with us. Uh, I'm not sure if it's 2010 or if it was like yeah. maybe he came in a little later. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's been with us, sort of like not at the position that he's been at. He's been he's at now, um, but he came in sort of like at a, at a lower level yeah. of sort of he's like analytical stuff uh, and worked his way up basically. Mm -hmm. um, so the work he they do together is basically to, to sort of identify the players that they want to bring in and then michael edwards basically goes through the analysis of why these players are good why we should get them why would they would work for the team in the in the system that we play um yeah. so i think all three of them have a really good relationship with each other and they all sort of like respect one another um and are very transparent with one another uh about the reasoning of why they would choose this player about um why this player Masan is better than the other player uh so it's i think it's just a it's just a harmonious threesome <laughs> of, of guys <laughs> running this this football club on a day-to-day -day basis and it's beautiful it's beautiful you just see exact you, you see the results on the pitch yeah um, well i mean if if you're gonna have a threesome you want it to be harmonious so <laughs> exactly right so 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 i mean i mean yeah that's great i mean obviously 
he must he must be they all are obviously very good at their jobs i would imagine yeah. and including this michael edwards guy who um i've only just heard of and now i have to do a deep dive on because <laughs> i have to find out how he built a, a, a title winning team because that's kind of the, a thing that i want to learn how to how to do as well yeah. um one day um i want to win the egyptian league just to get that out of the bat you know what i'll just <laughs> tell you my 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 low-key uh, life ambition is to Please. win the egyptian league but not with a team that anyone sees coming like just this far out of left field team that no one no one expects to win the league even though the owners want it want to win the league but no no one takes it seriously you know because it's like so far away uh from 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 the hustle and bustle and that team is guna fc okay so all right uh, i'm calling my shot this is me calling my shot i'm gonna move to hey guna what's up i'm gonna move to egypt in within five years i'm gonna move back all right, I'll have a couple of experience doing analysis here. I'll have a master's on my belt. Um, and I'm going to knock on the door of Guna FC and be like, hey, can I have a job, please? I want to most like I really want to live and work for you. I live in Guna and work for you. That's my, my only ambition right now. Like I can't see anything else. Like it, the only other thing like is if something ridiculous happened and I couldn't say no. But for what I actually want, like what my heart wants is to go live in Guna and work for Guna FC. So um I'll do, I'll, I'll do some Michael Edwards reading and then uh, basically telegraph and project how, how Guna wins the league in 2027. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's a prediction where you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Since <laughs> Nasser is going to be manager of Guna and he's going to win the Premier League, the Egyptian Premier I th- League. I think I'll be, I don't know if I'll be manager. I think I'll be uh, a football director or a tactical analyst, like one of the Michael Edwards role people. That's my, yeah. that's my, my, my aim. Uh, managers, you know, ma- I, I've learned, very, and you learn it very quickly, that managers, you know, the Jose Mourinho route is a very hard one, and I might go, I might go through that route because you know the whole I've never played thing, but yeah. you know, managers are generally players, and I think I will one day I will tip my toe and dip my toe into the management uh, waters, um, yeah. but I'm gonna take my time with that. I'm not gonna do that very soon because I want to have basically, I don't know why I'm telling the whole world my fucking plan, but I want to have basically <laughs> build. Uh, I want to have basically built like a strong portfolio of being a tactical, um, a very sound tactical mind and someone who can build a team yeah. and build a winning squad. Um, and then one day, maybe a team can take a chance on me as a manager and I can, and I can try and do that. Um, yeah. But my main goal is, is the, is the Michael Edwards route. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do some reading on Michael Edwards on the topic of you guys winning um, the league. Now yeah. there was a chance let's say 120 days ago that mm-hmm. the league was going to get canceled. Um, yes. And in that sense, there was this big argument online on whether or not Liverpool should be awarded a title because yes. they're first, or if the title should be declared null and void and we just have to start over. Um, now I'll let you talk about this, but my first and my, my, like my initial reaction was obviously you're not going to make a null and void because that's just too much pain. And, and that will create like a mini civil war uh in england okay so i don't think anyone anyone was seriously taking that option uh, into consideration i think from from the, from the top anyway because that would have caused fucking havoc that's true um but i think i think it was being considered at a certain point uh very early on i think it was being cons- like seriously considered because like i don't think a lot of people were were seeing sort of like it wasn't really clear to anyone um, what the world would be like in three months or uh, after a hundred a hundred days of not playing football and then being able to come back, like you you wouldn't like at the beginning of it all, you really couldn't see that end. Um, 
So when the conversation of null and void came up, mm-hmm. um, I was basically very calm. I was just like, you know what? I, I, what I was telling people was that I had put my footballing emotions into mm-hmm. hibernation. <laughs> I just put them away. <laughs> my football emotions, that I wasn't feeling them. I was, you know what? When it comes back, it comes back. We can, like, I'll still follow the news. I'll follow everything. But, like, mm-hmm. I really, like, it, it didn't it didn't affect me at all, at all. But, like, hypo- hypothetically, if it had happened, I think it would have been very unfair. Mm-hmm, um, I agree. Considering we were six points away from actually finishing it up and the fact that we were 25 points ahead of the second place. So you like all of the people who were saying null and void were just uh, saying it out of like, they, they wanted a reaction. They wanted, they wanted liver. Like it was, it was trolling basically. It, like yeah. all of the people saying, Oh, it's going to be null and void. It's going to be, you are trolls. My friends, you are trolls. I do not give a shit about you. Uh, <laughs> I don't care what you say. I, y- you can, you can spout off as much as you want. Uh, my team is twenty five points ahead of second place, and we're six points away from the lead. So, even if it was null and void, I don't care if we were gonna like have several years of, oh, you didn't really win it because uh, it's like yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. I do not care. You know what happened. You know, you exactly. know what was going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, very interesting because I think you um, you basically took the the approach that I would have taken. Like I think I would have done the same thing. I would have been like, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I'll just put my emotions to the side right now <laughs> and just take a deep breath and uh, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's thankfully it's, it's, they brought it back. <laughs> thankfully they brought football back. I mean, everyone, everyone's thankful. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I want to talk about a few things that have changed since the football's come back. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is there's no fans in the stadium. And the most interesting thing for me is that now you can hear the players and the manager finally. <laughs> um, and, and the thing, the manager specifically is the one that's really interesting is because um, I remember like growing up and, and it's persisted like until, you know, to this day, there was this kind of mystique about what managers are saying, you know, because you could yeah. never fucking hear it. Like, you know, you'd just be looking at them and they're yelling. And you're, you're like, trying, wow. You're trying to lip read. You're, you're, try, yeah, and you're trying to figure out like, oh, Pep Guardiola, he's such a brilliant manager. I wonder what he's yelling at the top of his lungs. And yeah. it's, it's, usually, it's usually something extremely basic, like push or, or, you know, whatever pressure or like come here or whatever. Like they're always like super simple instructions. But when you're a, when you're a kid or like a fan and you're watching the TV, you think they're being super deep, like on the sideline. <laughs> but... But I, mean, I, I, don't know, I, I like. Do, do you really, really? I, I don't like. I've never felt like it, it was super deep, but like I felt like it was. It was just a mystery, you know. Like what is yeah, happening? Yeah, what are yeah, they actually exactly. saying? You know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so now that we get to, we get to actually hear it, um, I think that's gonna that's gonna do a lot of things. Like what what it what it did for the UFC, for example, which came back with no fans, is now you could hear the corners and you could hear the fighters mm-hmm. talking. So you can yeah. hear the coaching, the corners giving the co- the the fighters. Um, pointers or like what to do and you can hear the fighters trash talk each other um yeah. and the fighters can hear the commentators so like the commentators wow, there was a baby. there was a fight there was a fight where the commentator michael bisting was literally like um watch your head dustin to dustin poirier <laughs> like last saturday when he was fighting uh um dan hooker and that was probably a fight of the year for anyone who likes ufc um but what i think in football is going to do the same thing like i think the facade 
of like of wondering what the players say and what the manager says is going to go away and we're going to start to get like a deeper understanding of what happened on the pitch and that's what i really really want to happen that's why i look forward to mm. um i'll be honest i usually watch games muted because i can't stand commentary and we can we can get to commentary next because there's that's something we want to talk about yeah. uh, but i often i often watch games muted because um i often get annoyed multiple times just because they're talking shit and um you know i'll, I'll, I'll tell you one thing um do you ever have this moment where you listen to a commentator and you hear him say something where like he thinks that um, a tackle was innocuous it wasn't it wasn't bad and then you watch yeah. the replay and you see that it's a bad tackle but the commentator doesn't want to walk it back yeah yeah yes. okay so that happened in uh, uh it <laughs> just happened in sheffield arsenal and it was it was it was a liverpool guy he was he was one of the guys who celebrated the liverpool win um um I don't know his name, but it doesn't matter. He did that. Okay. Uh, and that's one of those things that really always got onto on my nerves. Um, but so aside from the fact that I'm looking forward to to football fans understanding what happens on the game more. Um, well, do you have any thoughts on that before we go on to commentary? So I've been watching the football with with sort of like the, the um, you know, the, the, the artificial sound, the noise, the crowd noise that mm -hmm. they've been putting on the on the uh, yeah. um, from TV. It's a bit, cringe, bit cringy, to be honest. Personally, I don't mind it. I I think you don't mind I, it. Okay. Yeah, I don't like. I don't. I also don't mind sort of like the not having noise. Um, but I've I've had, like my roommate for example. My roommate does. He can't stand watching the football without uh, without the crowd noise. Uh, really. So we watch we watch with crowd noise in this household. But I have I have sort of like watched little clips here and there. I was actually trying to find a clip uh, for you. Um, of did you see Lukaku? in the inter game recently no what happened there uh hold on let me let me find it for you because it's it's so fucking funny um yeah here it is <laughs> it's I, I found it on twitter there you go all right so just like open open it up and just like listen <laughs> and put your oh, volume up at the like highest level <laughs> Is that Conte saying that? No, it's it's uh, Lukaku. It's Lukaku himself <laughs> yeah. from, from from the pitch. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he was like waiting for him to like cross the ball to him, and and he was he was wide open. He was gonna like it's basically a tap him for him. Um, <laughs> so Amazing. he's just like Vector. I just I love it. I, mean, I love that, that. See, that's the type of stuff that I we're missing. I We've been missing this see. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. With with crowd noise, with everything. Like I love to see that because like that. As, yeah. Some some might find it offensive, of course. Some might find it offensive, but at the same time, like it yeah, just shows those you that passion. Are, those people aren't fun who find it offensive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like that, that's amazing. Like I can't wait to hear like managers be like, you know, uh, get your fucking finger out or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know what <laughs> <laughs> like I want to hear that passion. I want. Me too. I love yeah, that yeah. passion, man. Yeah, and I, I really want to know like. What what Pep and Arteta are saying when they're like moving their hands from side to side, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> over here, over there, yeah, like pass it back and forward. <laughs> and just like, what, what, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Give me some noise. Give me some sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's let's mic. I think we should move to miking the managers, just like the NFL. Just give us fully uh, mic yeah. manager games. I would and love referees. that. 
Yeah, referees would be really good too, wouldn't it? Definitely. <laughs> but that would never happen. <laughs> all this, sh- all this shit that people talk to them, I'm sure. I don't uh, think the Premier League, uh, the Premier League is ready for for referees no. to take uh, to take sort of like uh, accountability for the stuff that they say. I don't think yeah. so either. I really <laughs> don't. <laughs> I think there, I think there's some dodgy stuff that goes on between players and uh, and referees. And referees, they, yeah, they, I they think they so. They don't want people hearing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm 100 percent sure that that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> um. So about commentary. Report published in the article in the Guardian. Graham Fagan yes. report reveals racial bias in English football commentary. Subtitle: Players with lighter skin more often praise for intelligence, power, and pace referenced more often if player has darker skin. Um, now this is one of those things that has already like made the rounds in in in, in a sport like uh, NFL, for example. Like they've addressed this before. Like and they and they they've they've basically had this conversation um, about how a quarterback, for example, if a quarterback is white. His mm-hmm. his intelligence will be will be powder to no end, and it'll be like yeah. oh he's this guy's so smart. But if a quarterback yeah. is black, it's athleticism. Oh he's so fast, and 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 you always have the same questions about black quarterbacks where you wouldn't yeah. as uh, necessarily have them with white quarterbacks, um you know so you don't question a white quarterback's intelligence because that doesn't make sense you know, yeah. <laughs> but you question a black quarterback's intelligence, but you don't question a black quarterback's uh, athleticism because because yeah. you know they're athletic so <laughs> that makes sense, um so. When I saw this, I was like, okay, well, wh- wh- what's what's groundbreaking about this, exactly? Uh, because um, if you're not, if your name isn't, I don't know, Andy Gray or whatever, you know that this has been happening for the last 40, 50, 60, 100 years. Um, yeah. I don't know. If, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but well, I have been. Keys for that matter. Right. <laughs> uh, I have been cringing, um, looking my head down, looking away, muting commentary on this basis. Um, I think ever since I can remember watching football on a regular basis. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, for me, I think I I enjoy commentary, I, but I do have favorite commentators, and I there are certain commentators that I t- absolutely tune out. Um, mm-hmm. Like there, I keep it on, but I tune them out. Like, and and I've sort of like sat with people uh, and watched games where they have been uh, where they've said like I I don't like the what the commentator is saying or oh, what what's he on about what what fucking bullshit is he talking about what blah 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 what it, it's so annoying it's his voice is annoying is blah 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 so there's there's sort of like several factors to being a good commentator and i think there are very few good commentators um I mean, two of my favorite, uh, and they usually team up with each other for the Premier League, is uh, Peter Drury and Jim Beglin. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just two fantastic commentators. I love them. I love their insights. I love the uh, the passion that they show, especially uh, especially Peter Drury. Uh, mm-hmm. Peter Drury is one of the best sort of like really emotional uh, commentators that I've ever yeah. heard in English. He's uh, really good. Yeah, he's fantastic. I, I I love Peter Drury and Jim Beglin. They're they're two of the. I they're probably the best. Um, yeah. at what they do um, from another perspective <laughs> commentators in Arabic mm-hmm. I cannot stand no yeah I, I mean that's I, not I that's absolutely not... cannot stand and it's, not the a, issue... it's not the same <laughs> it's it's just it's so we're going off topic here but like we, we, we are we'll, go back. we'll go back, like, we'll go back. Let, me, let me just get my rant in about, about Arabic commentators there are certain things I I will watch highlights with Arabic commentators because there's such passion in in when they describe the goal. Yeah. 
Would you yes. please shut up for the rest of the game? Please just take a pause. Take yeah, a breath, yeah, yeah, yeah. And allow yourself some time for yeah, this yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and let the, the person watching also yeah. just like take a breather, man, and then just like enjoy the football. Because man, it's, it's, it's insane, like, right? Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. It's just like yada 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 yada. I mean, they it's literally nonstop. It's a rhythm. Like for, it's a rhythm. Uh, it's yeah. not analysis. It's a rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. It's like ninety <laughs> minutes straight of just like talking and yeah, talking yeah. and talking. Shuhaba. No, but like, no, 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 no. You can't. That I like. You, no, that you I can't like. Shit on that guy. You can't. I shit love that. On that guy I love that guy. <laughs> you gotta love that, that guy, though. That goal, man. I can, That goal for that that Salah goal against Roma. I mm. cannot watch highlights of that goal without watching it in Arabic because it's such. It's oof. Just yeah, gives me goosebumps every time, man. Because it's it's a combination of things. It's like a combination of sort of like the the occasion. Uh, the the ball, the sound of the ball hitting the 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 the, the crossbar and going in, and then hi, just him just like going over the top and shnuada shnuada ya salah, so over the top and it's it's like it's such a like charged yeah. moment. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I like for certain moments it's beautiful, it for, is. but for ninety minutes of the match it's just like oh, exhausting. No, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just give me a second, and that is why. I often mute commentary because I, I would prefer to watch the game with no one else saying anything. I just want to see what's happening. And I love that. I, I love just watching it as if it's, you know, a computer simulation. I don't care that there are people talking over it. I just <laughs> want to see what, what you guys are doing. And I can anal analyze it myself. I don't need you to tell me what's happening. I can see it, you know. Um, Understandable. But um, on the subject of racial bias, um, yeah. one of the things that I've always noticed is, and you can tell me if, you, if, you, if you've noticed this as well, um, when a black player or a player of color um whether or not they're from the uk um yeah. commits let's say a foul or a dive perhaps um the the words that are used to describe them by certain commentators um all begin with d it's either they're disgraceful or they're disgusting you know and mm. it's 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 all like this is a despicable human being that you're watching yeah. you know and, and it's it's about disgust and yeah. I can feel that the commentator is trying to conjure disgust when mm. talking about this specific person. When if you took the exact same action and applied it to a white player, he'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Or he will say it's a bad challenge, but he won't call him disgusting or despicable or make him subhuman um, in, his in his narrative. Um, yeah. So while the, the, the article obviously talks about, you know, intelligence being praised for white light-skinned players and athleticism being praised for dark-skinned players it doesn't really address this specific point which is um which i've found to be very prevalent uh, which i think is almost worse which is you're actively labeling black players with very strong labels that can have an emotional response to the fans that we've already discussed are hyper emotional um so if you have someone like andy gray for example to pick on the guy because maybe he deserves it a bit um who, who calls who calls masalan for argument's sake, let's say Sadio Mane um, yeah. go, goes into the penalty area and he dives. Um, yeah. If he was at, maybe now because he's at Liverpool, they're not using that language anymore. You know what I mean? And they're smart about it. But if he's at Southampton and he's doing it, you can hear someone while he's, uh, it, is, it is within the realms of possibility, is what I'm saying, that he would have been called, you know, disgusting uh, for having a, a dive. Um, because he's black, because he's a small-time player still, he's playing at a smaller club than the big four. 
Um, so you not you don't you not have as much scrutiny, so you can go after him in this way. Um, so that's basically a pattern that I've noticed. Have you seen this yourself, or or am I just um, noticing something that might be uh, maybe I'm just only the one who's seen it? No, I think I've I, I have noticed it. I like it's it's very difficult to notice it, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it goes under the radar. Yes, it is um, time. It's, it's, I've noticed it over 10, 13 years. Yeah, it doesn't happen, exactly. you know, because they're smart about it. They don't do it every week because then you'll yeah. just, you know, they, they, they space it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't I like I don't want to say it's intentional. I don't want to say it's it's they do it on purpose. I think it's an internalized thing of just how they were brought up, the media they're surrounded by, the it it has made a lot of people sort of like completely blind yeah. um, to the fact that they, they might be racist. They might be saying something that they shouldn't be saying. And yeah. and I, it's it just, it's it happens like, it's, it's been happening for so long where yeah. they j- like, it's just, go- that it's been happening so long that it's just gone under the radar. No, no one takes notice of it. And I think it's a good thing that this Guardian article has come out uh, because we Definitely. can finally address it. Um, and yeah. I think there, like, once you start to address it, you're able to then um, sort of solve it. Sort yeah. of um, a lot. A lot of commentators can can now sort of like, oh yeah, you know what? I I I do use that. Like, what what the conversation should be is the commentators should be sort of looking at themselves and thinking, huh, do, do I do that or not? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, the first thing that should come in your mind is, oh, well, I can find an alternative word or I can just stop saying that or I can criticize in a different way um, yeah. or criticize equally. Exactly, and the same if, way. That's the exactly, point. Exactly, I'm going to criticize yeah. the same way. So if... if it shouldn't matter whether uh, a white player dives or a black player dri- uh, dives or uh, an Asian player dives or it it shouldn't matter. It's it's at the end of the day, it's dive and it's yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't be in the game. Yeah. So whatever race you are, it shouldn't matter whether you do something wrong in the game or not. Yeah. Um. You know, I I I'll say what I think actually happens, and mm-hmm. you can you can. Um, you can share your opinion on this too. Mm-hmm. I think what actually happens is um, the commentator, either genuinely or um, by virtue of an excuse, um, is so impassioned by the game, right, mm-hmm. that they are so in it and so passionate about it that they use their excuse, the, the passion as the excuse for them to use those words, right? Disgrace, disgraceful, disgusting. Yeah. You know, I can, I can, I can hear Andy Gray saying disgusting because it's like <laughs> one of his trademarks almost. Um, but that's like he's he's hiding behind his passion. You know, it's like I love football yeah. and that's disgusting. If you do that and you're playing football, it's disgusting because people who play football shouldn't do that because um, you should know better because it's football and it's it's the best game on the planet. Blah blah blah. Fine. Um, but however, your passion for football um, should not have an effect on whether or not you you you're being racially biased. And what yeah. I think happens is in the heat of that passion, what happens is the same thing that happens in the heat of any moment when someone 
um, who is not familiar with uh, a specific race or hasn't seen a specific kind of person before, um, you get you get emotional about it. Maybe you get even more angry yeah. than you were before. Yeah. And so it comes out, you know, yeah. and I think I that's mean, what it, it is. It goes back to the point that we were discussing in the first episode uh, about sort of like it's it just breeds hatred. And the more you the more it sort of like goes unnoticed, yeah. the more you, it pe more people think it's fine. The more people think it's uh, it's a non-issue. So, uh, people like uh, people like Andy Gray and Richard Keys. Um, I don't want to keep uh, sort of like singling them out, but like it's it's just. The way some of these people go about sort of like analyzing certain players, it's just so obvious that you you have a bias against these people. Yeah. And if yeah. if you're able to sort of like hear someone say, "Listen, you might have this problem. You're 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 talking in a certain way. You're these people need to be open to hearing that." I I as a person I I'm not perfect. I might say something that that is sexist or racist yeah. or um but i want people to to call me out on it i want people to, yeah. to come to me and say yo listen dude that, that that's not right yeah and then i can say oh well, i'm sorry i didn't i didn't see it that way i, I what what about it uh, offended you yeah and then we can have a conversation about it so yeah. it goes it basically goes back to that point that we were discussing uh in the beginning yeah exactly Exactly. And and people and, and that's why like you highlight someone like Peter Drury who is, you know, you know, a consummate professional and has I think he has that sense of respect that we were talking about. Because yeah. he would never do that. You know, I I, I cannot Im even imagine it. I cannot imagine him disrespecting a player in that way. Mm. Um, you know, his commentary is very it's very, you know, it's not it's 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 emotional, it's passionate, but it's not um, in that way, you know, it's, it's not it's unbiased. It doesn't cross the line. Exactly. Exactly. It's unbiased to a certain extent. And he I think with them, I, I've heard them sort of like commentate on games and you will hear sort of like a hesitation in his voice mm -hmm. when there's a foul or when there's uh, something that's gone on in the game where yeah. he can't really see it in that moment. So he, he hesitates. He doesn't, yes. he doesn't let it out instantly. Exactly. He just waits for a second. Mm -hmm. Just has a conversation with the with whoever's uh, partnering him in the uh, in the studio or at yeah. the game, um, mm -hmm. and he he waits to see the more resolution. of what's happened. He waits to see a replay. Yeah. He waits to see what the referee is gonna say. He um, so which is excellent. Which is excellent. Yeah. Like that's exactly, exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just these. It's these like you know these uh, sensationalist fucking you know. Um, wind up merchants who just like to pounce on every you know play that's that's uh, slightly provocative or uh, or yeah. controversial and just call everyone out and and they kind of just want to you know be part of that uh, furor if you will yeah. uh, and prematurely as well um, and that's why I hate it so much when they've done that and even if it's something super innocuous and then you see the replay and they won't go back on it it's like man just go back on it like yeah, I, I respect exactly. I would respect you so much more. If you just be like, yeah, no, actually, I was wrong. That that does look fine, um, yeah. or 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 actually, I was wrong. That looks way worse than I thought. He should <laughs> exactly. he he should he should be sent off. But no, no, no. Once I'm a, there, are these commentators who are like living in the Soviet Union, or you know, or living in the '60s, <laughs> where it's like, if I say something once, I better not change my mind because I'll lose my job, or or I'll yeah. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, it's, it's like just like, fucking yeah. But this is this is a global thing, by the way. I think this is, this is a this is a universal thing where we. 
we're afraid. And it also plays into the point that we made last time about Drew Brees, about mm. sort of like you're you're afraid to say something, and then you're afraid of the backlash that that might cause, so you just shut up. Mm. But they're Whereas afraid. Yeah, yeah. You should it, like if you say something, and it's wrong, or someone has told you it's wrong, or someone has has called you out on it. Just yeah. accept it. Accept it and and sit with that feeling of oh maybe maybe I am wrong, and right. then you can then backtrack on it and say oh, it and it's a learning then. It's a learning yeah. of I I was wrong back then, and mm-hmm. now I have a different perspective on it. Yeah. And it's perfectly fine to do that. And a lot of people around the world just think it's it's a weird concept, but it's not. There is so much pressure on people to sort of be perfect, to to mm-hmm. always be uh, tidy and well dressed, and yeah. and I can't say this and I can't say that and I can't say that. So it's okay to say stuff. It's okay mm-hmm. to say what you're feeling, what's on your mind. What's not okay is basically just saying something without you not like even if you don't know it's wrong but if someone says it says it's wrong and you stick with that opinion you're like no you know what i'm right it's like mm. yo man i mean if if more and more people are telling you that you're wrong they're probably then right. maybe maybe you should listen up a little bit do a little bit, mm. bit of research on what you're arguing about and you'll see that you'll be able to see a little bit more information on it and it gives you a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, um, I a hundred percent agree. And, um, hopefully, you know, once in the near future, we can transition to like a society where, um, we're more forgiving of our, of each other's, uh, we faults <laughs> and mistakes. Um, <laughs> hopefully, I, I mean, I mean, you know, like we're starting a podcast, right? So we're planning on misspeaking a lot. Just by virtue, <laughs> just by virtue of talking this long. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like you have to have a kind of, you know, you have to take risk and you have to be willing yep. to say things that you'll regret later on. But that's part of it. Like if, if I didn't accept that, then I wouldn't even have the 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 courage or the impulse to even start a podcast. I just never would because I'd be like, I'd always be worried about what I have to say. And, and yeah. you know, even now it's a risk for me because I, in my head, like I could be like, you know what? Like I want to be, I want to work in football and I want to be a, a, tact- a tactical analyst and, and I want to work for big clubs. Oh, but what if, what if um, 10 years from now um, I, I've said something on this podcast and then they pull it up and my big promotion gets affected. Exactly. Uh, and you know, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I've had that conversation in my mind, but I've had to accept that, you know, fuck it, man. Like if I, if I'm going to have to worry about phantoms um, that might come to me in the future, then you know i'm not really living i'm just you know projecting yeah. projecting you know fear and and staying still you know and exactly. I, I, that's 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 what i where i've been for a couple of years i've been paralyzed by analysis you know and and i think it's time to stop doing that i think it's time to stop overthinking these things and and just you know just take the plunge yeah i th- i think my way of, my way of life so far has been basically go day by day enjoy the day uh, and see what it brings and whatever it brings learn from it I mean if there's a learning uh, experience from something within your day try and learn from it and try and learn as much as you can throughout throughout your 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 day in general throughout your life in general Uh, watch things uh, listen to things uh, read up on things I 
whatever you're comfortable uh, with, like in terms of consumption. So I, for example, I would prefer to watch something than to read something. But at the mm -hmm. same time, there could be someone who, my mother, for example, loves reading. So she would, she would probably read something rather than watch something. So it's, yeah. it's that type of thing. Whatever makes you comfortable learning, the w whichever way you're comfortable learning, do that throughout your, throughout your life, every yeah. day, in every whatever day. situation you're, you're in. And take yeah. take lessons from it. Become a better person. It. I think one of the, there's one. Uh, I, and this has done the rounds like over the years. But um, one of the things that I I see on a regular basis whenever sh shit hits the fan, is a post that says, "It is your duty to become better than the society you grew up in." Mm -hmm. And I think wow. that is such a powerful message, and. One way to do that is to take your take basically your life as a learning curve, as a learning experience uh, yeah. for everything. I mean, in terms of, of racial issues, in terms of harassment issues, in terms of just everything in your life that you could maybe learn about, yeah. get a different perspective about, go ahead and do it. Do it in whatever yeah. way makes you comfortable. Yeah, and, and since we're on this, this topic... I think there is it's extremely understated the effect that uh, an improvement in one person's life can have um, you know it's it, we're, 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 we're not we don't exist in a vacuum we exist in kind of a you know um, a community of people and um, a, a positive event in one life ripples through the community you know and a negative event also ripples through the community so and and if you time multiply that by by, by you know the world over uh, we have we are more connected um, than we think simply yeah. by virtue of the constant decisions that we're making day by day by day um, they have an effect you know it's like the butterfly effect or whatever that's yeah. the screen uh, you know cringy movie reference yeah. um, <laughs> but like don't underestimate the value of you just improving and being better than you were yesterday you know it's not about exactly. conquering everything in a day you know you're yeah. not going to be an expert on you know plasma physics if, uh, <laughs> if that's what you want in one day um, it'll take you a considerable amount of time, and that that applies to your your health and 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 your attitudes Absolutely. and your and your emotions and your beliefs and whether or not you're a racist commentator. All these things, you know, they all yeah. they all, they all uh, <laughs> they all can be improved upon. And Absolutely. Yeah. just you working on yourself, and maybe people will not agree with me because this is an unpopular opinion. Just you working on yourself is enough. Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. Because because right. it affects it affects your how you deal with people. It affects exactly how people see you. How I mean, sort of like if you work on yourself, mm -hmm. you're able to project a certain energy. Yeah, and you get that certain energy back. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. like you said, just work on yourself. Your life is a journey of learning. Your life is mm -hmm. a. It, it's not about today. It's not about tomorrow. It's not about yesterday. It's about the journey. It's about what you learn yeah. over the course of your life. And if you're going to be stuck in your ways at one point in your life, then you're going to struggle. You're going to you're obviously going to have people who are disagreeing with you because certain people we're not all at the same intersection of our lives. Yes, so, 100%. So that's that's basically the the gist of it. You need to understand that not all people are at the same intersection of life as you are. So they don't have yeah. the same information. They don't have they haven't had the same upbringing. 
They haven't nope. seen the same things as you. So no. they don't have that same perspective on life as no. you do. Only and you've watched your movie, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think I, well, it's just a point that the, everybody needs to needs to like understand. Yeah. You know what? Like this was really inspirational and I hope that Andrew Gray was listening. <laughs> I mean, I, I will tell you something. One one of the things that I've uh, that I've al- like I've always wanted to do, because we get Andy Gray and and, and uh, Richard Keys on B and Sports. B and Sports. Yeah, there's a reason they're on B and Sports. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and very few people, very few people in the Middle East know this. Know this. Like, yeah, why yeah. they're in the Middle East? But like, I w- I'm not gonna say anything. But if you see this, go research why Andy Gray and Richard Keys were fired yeah. from Sky. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything more than that. It's on the internet. It's, you yeah. can search it. You can find it. That's it. <laughs> We're Great. not going to do bad by people. This was the introspective improve your life segment inspired by Andy Gray <laughs> and Richard Keith. Thank you, Thank everyone. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> there's only there's one thing I need to talk about. Okay, and yeah. it's very serious. And you know, on that subject that we were just talking about, how how you change throughout your life and how. Once you could think something and then, you know, so many so much stuff happens to you and then all of a sudden you've you've thought a different way. And maybe that's because you've worked on yourself, you know, yeah. like Andy Gray and Richard Keys are gonna do after this episode. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. But one of those one of those things guys, one of those things that happened <laughs> Don't let us down, guys. One of those things that happened to me is um, I've I've really changed how I feel about mm-hmm. Jose Mourinho. Um and you know, Jose Mourinho is one of these managers that I was bred as an Arsenal fan to to despise. I, I despise yeah. this man, <laughs> and uh, and and so I I sit at I sit now in 2020, um, feeling very differently and very confused to be honest. Because there was a part of me last summer that wanted him to come to Arsenal, and yeah. um, and I was I, I was so confused that I felt that way. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you how I got there. You know, yeah. like the way that I got there was. Um, First, I realized that the lens that which I was viewing him, which led to my dis- despising of him, um, was an unfair Arsenal fan biased lens. So that was one. Uh, secondly, uh, and this really, really helped, is that I actually started to watch the guys. Um, basically, it's when he left Man United, I started watching him uh, as a pundit and watching him speak. Yeah. And I just began to really start respecting him. And um, even though there was a part of me that was happy he went to man united because i thought he would fail he proved me wrong mm-hmm. um you know even though everyone thinks he failed he like I don't, he, didn't he win? fans will say like he did fail he, he didn't fail united. he didn't fail at all he like he, he, you he, failed <laughs> you failed yes exactly you failed by letting him go and not not valuing him when he was there you know but you know what my favorite quote was my favorite quote is um and this was i think he was still united manager at this point i believe mm. and he said um when i came to united i found a sad club. It was a sad. It was a sad club, you know. And I was like, "That's that's so funny. It's so accurate and so funny, you know." <laughs> and uh, and a part of me was like, "Is it the weather, or is it the club?" Also, <laughs> it's both. I think it might be both. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask if you, uh, if you reckon, if you connect with this 180 that I've made in any way uh, with him or with. Uh, obviously not necessarily with him, with anyone else uh, that you've encountered in the past, sports-wise. Uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I have. I, I, and it's it's exactly the same as you. It's it's Mourinho. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, so Mourinho, not just me I, then. I, I, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I had a, the the only positive 
image of Mourinho that I had when he first came to the Premier League with Chelsea was the fact that my mother thought he was good looking. She was okay. she was drooling all over him. And and fair <laughs> enough, man. he's a good looking guy. The man's good looking. What well, I can't can't I can't deny that. He's a good looking dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and he's well spoken, he's charming and he's uh, so like I get it. I get the yeah. like the, the, the charm offensive that he's got. Um yeah. but he like and I think the reason why we've we've both done this one eighty mm-hmm. I think after he left United, yeah, he was humbled a little bit. Hmm. So his his personality changed after leaving United. He became interesting. He became interesting. A diff- I think he became a different person when he left United. He became more humble. He became more down to earth. I think when he stepped away from the game, yeah, he got a little bit of a sort of like a, perspective. Um, yeah, a different perspective on the game. Because and and we saw that when he was doing the the, the punditry. Yeah. We saw sort of like a different side of Mourinho. We saw a more relaxed Mourinho. Relaxed Mourinho, yeah. Uh, we saw him being – we saw him laughing and joking and giggling and, and, and being and – I, one video that sticks with me is the video of – I think it was Wenger and Mourinho in the, uh, in the studio uh, for the Champions League final uh, yeah. where we won. And then yeah. just sort of like turning around and, and being in awe of, of you'll never walk alone and the fans singing it uh, at the end of the final whistle. And that, was it the final whistle or I might have been the, 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 before the match, I think. Uh, right. And they were just in, in awe of it. And it just show, showed me that Mourinho, is, he's, he's a human. He's, he's, yeah, he's a, a human being. And I'm sure he's probably felt like he's probably made mistakes in his, in his past, uh, in, in his career. Uh, and I think his time at Chelsea, he was a different person. He was more sort of like very, um, is the word brazen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Sort of yeah. very bold, very sort of like yeah, macho, yeah. Brash, egotistic. Kind of. I, I, like I'm the, uh, I'm, uh, the special one. I'm, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know this. Uh, uh, I, and you know what? He kind of backed it up. He did back it yeah. up. Yeah, he did. So, so, I mean, if you're gonna say that, you might as well back it up. So exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. And there's part did. of me that thinks there's part of me that thinks that uh, that that persona was was kind of brewed, if you will, by the English media. Um, yes. Like that's that's the kind of thing that that made me have some perspective after after uh, he left Man United as well, because I was like, oh, yeah, maybe he, you know, when I when I when I think about that press conference when he keeps saying respect, respect, and he's walking away. Yeah. Um, that to me is like peak peak Mourinho like and absolutely and I and I think and I think that was probably one of those like moments where he was like fuck this <laughs> you know yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I've been doing absolutely. this for too long yeah you know he, he'd gotten yeah. sick of the media he'd gotten sick yeah, of yeah. the media and, and I think that was, it was it was a turning point for him it was a turning point for him at United and I think he absolutely despised being at, you know, I think the pressure at, of being United manager at that time and I think he also didn't get a lot of support from the board uh, so there was sort of like that added yeah. pressure as well because he wasn't getting that support from the board. He was he was having to answer like very pressuring questions in press conferences, and the British mm-hmm. media does not. They're they're not they're they're relentless with their questioning. They'll, they're yeah. like if they sense that a manager is might get a little bit uh, fidgety at a certain question they will 100% ask that question because they want that reaction they want that sort of like 
um, fired up reaction. Uh, they want that re respect, man. Respect, respect. Three times, three times. Uh, they want that because it's it's it sells yeah. news. It sells, sells their news. It gets them clicks. It gets them views. It gets them. It gets every like basically their bread and butter. Mm -hmm. And exactly. I think that's a, that's a big issue. And I think that's what like once Mourinho's once you see Mourinho outside of sort of like that that spotlight of the media. He's such yeah. a nice guy. I just, I just find myself in this really weird place where I'm just looking forward to watching the rest of his career. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I love he hearing him talk. I, I, like, I tune into some of his press conferences just to hear him talk, and it's like, you're, yeah. I like you, man. I like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like his style. So yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think it's about time we discuss some, some, some games. form of football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, what are we going to start with? Um, shall we start with the uh, the the Premier League game that won us the Premier League? <laughs> ah, the City yes. Chelsea game. <laughs> the City Chelsea game, of course. That was such a good fucking game. I loved it. I loved it. It's yeah. such, but it was so tense. Like I was sitting, I was sitting here watching it with my with um, who was I watching with? I was watching it with oh, yeah my my four best friends. So they, mm -hmm. we're basically a group of five guys uh, yeah. that chill together. And we were watching it together. And one of them is, is a Chelsea fan. So that was sort mm -hmm. of like a nice dynamic to have like while we were watching. Um, nice. And it was, it was such a good game. It was so end-to-end. -end and I, they were both like – you could see Chelsea were sort of like trying to play it safe, playing on the counter, sort of like trying to just like – stuck – in the sort of like the pressure of the city were putting on them and mm -hmm. i think they did it so well they did it very cleverly um mm -hmm. in the fact that they sort of like they didn't allow themselves to to just go gung-ho on on city they didn't allow themselves that at all they were very reserved in the way they played they they held their line when they saw an opportunity to go and attack they did um mm -hmm. And and they were rewarded with that. Uh, the what I think once you leave City to play their game, it's purely about waiting for them to make the sort of mistake that you can yeah. count on. Yeah. And Benjamin Mendy is mm -hmm. is fucking prone to to, to those mistakes. So oh. when you play on Benjamin Mendy, I think you can pressure him into making a mistake and therefore getting something out of that city team and that's exactly yeah. what happened mendy i think it was i'm trying to remember who it was it was mendy and and someone uh, i think it was gundogan i think it was gundogan on on the halfway okay. line sort of like getting a mix-up between each other and like a ball i think it was coming from a corner as well from a city corner and it sort mm. of came out of the area uh towards the the halfway line uh, and this is Pulisic. uh yeah, yeah. Pulisic, Pulisic, exactly uh, and Gundogan and, and Mendy just sort of like got tangled up in each other and ended yeah. up on, on, Mendy ended up on his ass and Gundogan was like running up or the other way around I can't remember who it was but it just shows you that like if you play a certain way against City you're able to sort of like pounce on those mistakes when they happen and Pulisic did that brilliantly it was such a good counter attack by him yeah. he just went for it yeah I think uh, 
so uh, teams like City, you can sometimes catch them like in a false sense of security. You know, if you give yeah. them the ball, because they're like if, if they have the ball, they're comfortable. But that's how I can catch you out if you're comfortable. You see what I mean? Exactly. Um, so I guess that's the perfect game plan, right? It's like it's like kind of the perfect game plan for Arsenal too, and it has been for a long ass fucking time as well. <laughs> like I can't tell you how how painful it is <laughs> seeing I, lower I, you table guys, teams you do guys, it you again and play. again, dude. <laughs> you can't play that game that City plays. <laughs> I know, but players to do that. But we get points for trying. Sure. Sure. I'll give yes. you that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I think it's probably a good tactic for most possession teams. It's, you know, if that's what you want, okay, I'm going to give you some of that. Yeah. But can you can you answer my questions when I have the ball, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess that's uh, that's what happened. That's what happened in that game. Yeah, uh, but as you said, as you said in the, at, the, at the top, um, I guess it was a little over underwhelming uh, winning a title because someone else lost as opposed to yeah. in a game where you've won. Yeah. Um, but on that subject, um, tomorrow, uh, wait, after tomorrow, uh, after to peel back, to, yes. to peel back the tomorrow. curtain, <laughs> or I should say, I should say the day it's being released tonight, yeah. um, Liverpool and City are going to be playing. So what's this whole guard, guard of honor situation then? What's that? So the guard of honor, I love the fact that we're going to get a guard of honor <laughs> okay. because this was, look, I had, I had certain hopes for this season. Some of them didn't come true. Some of them have. Um, yeah. I will share one of the things that didn't come true. I I wanted that gold trophy that you have. I I wanted that invincible season. Mm. Fuck fuck you, Watford. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it so bad. I wanted oh. that little gold trophy. That so beautiful. All right, but going back now. <laughs> I mean, don't, I mean, you're asking for too much there. I think. I think you can you can take this. Maybe next. Maybe next. <laughs> Maybe next season. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't but yeah, uh, going, going like getting back on track. Um, I think the, the 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 guard of honor is is one of the things that I really wanted. I really want wanted a guard of honor at the Etihad specifically. Like I okay. wanted us to wrap up the league before that game specifically for the the reason of the guard of honor. I want City to to like line up and and give us the guard of honor that we deserve. I nice. We we would have done the same thing if they had wrapped up the league early last season, but they didn't. They ra they wrapped it up on the end like last day of the season, basically. Yeah. Um, but I think if you wrap up the the league early, it it's it's a it just shows respect to your opponent. You should show respect to your opponents, whether whether it's uh, you who has won the league, whether it's another yeah uh, team that's won the league, show that level of respect, and it, and it gives yeah. It sort of sets a precedent for the um, for sort of like people, kids watching who are who are sort of like l still learning about the game. They learn about that mm -hmm. respect. They learn about respect, sort of like yeah. the, the sportsmanship. The, yeah, exactly the sportsmanship as aspect of it. And um, I I I'm I'm not about that sportsmanship aspect. I'm that's not what I'm looking for in this. I just want the iconic yeah. historical pictures of of us walking <laughs> to the guard of honor at an empty Etihad, which is yeah. so fucking ironic. It's beautiful. Like you couldn't, you couldn't write a better script, could you? Like you couldn't like winning the league by over twenty points gap between you and second place, taking mm -hmm. it off City, who won it last season by one point. And mm -hmm. having them give you a guard of honor at their stadium, which has always been mocked for having no fans. 
mean, <laughs> these, these pictures are just going to be absolutely iconic for the rest of my life. And I love it. Amazing. <laughs> like, sportsmanship and, and respect and everything. And yes, of course. But yeah, those pictures, uh, I am dying to see those pictures after the game. I am dying. <laughs> uh, if it sounds like you have like a whole wall planned out. Have you picked it? Have you picked the wall yet? <laughs> not a wall, not a wall. But like, I, another not, another poster. That's that's not a bad idea to have. <laughs> that's not a bad idea to have. I'm, I might just do that. Uh, just do yeah, there's a, there's a gap. <laughs> there's a gap just to your right, just above your head to your no, right. No, no, you no, can no, feel. no, 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 no. It's, it's too petty. It's too petty. Just okay. just wanting it is petty enough. Actually, okay. getting it printed and framed and put and hung up it's too petty. We don't care about city that that much. <laughs> okay good that's good <laughs> like i'd rather um, have a t a, like there's um i follow a i follow a, a, a guy called jimmy on twitter he's sort of like i follow a lot of designers on twitter he's a he's a designer and a liverpool fan uh his at is uh he's at entire design um and he he did this this poster i think it was i'm trying to remember which season it was possibly last season um he did sort of like a, a really nice poster um, of sort of like all the players in formation with the bench and Klopp on this on the at the bottom with sort of like the 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 names of the players and all of that. And it, it was just a really nice poster to have. But he's doing another one for uh, this season, exactly the yeah. same, but sort <laughs> of like a special edition one because we've won the Premier League, and I am dying to get that one as well. <laughs> Nice. Like I've so, already so got the, the the one from last season, but I'm I'm gonna get this one's gonna get this, uh, one. this season's one, and that's the one that's gonna get framed because it's gonna it's it's gonna look beautiful. Good, and then we will uh, we will have that uh, on our set for our viewers to uh, peruse. Yes. Once you have it. <laughs> Good. Uh, well, what do you think is gonna happen tonight? Do you think that um, that Liverpool are gonna win the game? I don't know, man. It's, it's gonna look. It's gonna be such. I, I feel I feel like it's gonna be such an open game because there's no pressure anymore. There's the the league's finished. Um, my only concern is that Pep might put out a, a weakened team. Um, well, just to, just to spite you? Not to spite, but I mean he they're still in the, they're still in the Champions League. So like, and they're they're ah. also still in the cup. Uh, they're they're still in the FA Cup. So like, right, right, right. I, I would understand if he put out a weakened team, but also. A weakened city team is not really a weakened city team. Yeah, they yeah. have so Good much team. depth in their team that like it's it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. you're like if you're playing like if he's playing with Mahrez uh, on the right wing, he can take him off and bring fucking uh, 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 Silva, Bernardo Silva. Off. Bernardo Silva is a fucking world class player. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for like, sure. You, for you've sure. got world class talent on your bench. So on like, your bench. I mean, it basically let's, let's let's call it like it is. They basically stole all the potential starters in the league and put them on their bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really annoying if you think about it. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to the game. I I I think it's gonna be a nice open game. I think there's it's gonna be played in good spirit. Uh, I think Pep and Klopp are gonna probably uh, like joke around with each other on the sidelines. Um, yeah. Not sure we're gonna see much rotation for the city game, but. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more rotation over the la the the last six seven games. Fair, fair. Yeah, that's that's probable. Are you guys in any other competitions at this point? 
No, no, we dropped out of everything just purely to win the Premier League. Good, good. That was a good decision, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, it gives you a big leg up, to be honest. I mean, look, I, I honestly, the prior, I, one of the things when Klopp first came in, um, and I think, I can't remember where I read it, but I think one of the things that he said, or one of the things that were outlined when he came in, were the sort of like the priorities of what we need to win. And he set his priorities straight when he came in. He was like, okay, so one of, he said within four years of coming in, we will have at least one league title. So wow. that just showed, showed me that he as a manager understands that the most important thing for this fan base is the Premier League. And he's fulfilled that promise. And, and it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that he's able to do that he was able he was able to to be given the time to mm -hmm. actually come good on that promise so um he's basically gone out and won the two biggest things that we could win in his first four or five years yeah uh now he can he can focus on the rest he can focus on the on the cups he can he, we can get a couple of uh, cups under our belts maybe win honestly or more I, of these more of I, these. Well, yeah, I, I will tell you, I think, I personally think we're going to retain the title next season. Uh, if okay, we, okay, bold prediction. It, yes, very bold prediction. Uh, but I, I do believe that if we get the right sort of like um, players through the door over the summer and winter windows, I think we could possibly retain the title and maybe get one of the cups. Uh, either the FA or the Carabao Cup. Um, but who cares about them, really? Like, come on. Yeah, who Let's cares about it? But I'm like, I'd I'd like Klopp to leave us having one. That's if you're Liverpool, if you're Arsenal, you care about the FA Cup a lot. Just saying. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> True. True. <laughs> but yeah, I I th I just I I would love for him to sort of like win everything, uh, and and uh, like by the end of by the end of his time with us, I want him to have won everything. And I now, want him to have won more yeah. than one title, and I want him to uh, to have won more than one Champions League, and I think he's going to do that. I think so too. You know, I think you have a good uh, a good potential for that to happen. Um, yeah. How long? How how much longer do you think he'll be there? Um. Well, he his contract runs until twenty twenty four, so we have okay. him for the next four years technically. Um. I think he'll walk after that, if I'm honest. I think he might extend for two more years because like i i initially thought that he would leave after four years but there has been talk sort of like here and there sort of like in the background of who who would take over after he leaves and then there was sort of like a little bit of talk about him wanting to emulate what ferguson did and i think mm -hmm. him as a like the his type of personality the kind of person that he is I think he would love to do what Ferguson did at United, and he's he has admitted that it won't be as as grand as what Ferguson did because Ferguson Ferguson yeah. did, did an incredible job at, at just like basically recreating teams, re re um, remaking those those teams that he had whenever they would get to a certain point of of um, stagnation or age where they need yeah. uh, refreshing. And he did yeah. that several times. He, he did that like at least two or three times during his career with United. Um, I don't think 
Klopp will have the same opportunity at Liverpool. I think he's not the type of person who likes to stay in one place too long. Um, yeah. But do you think that he might change his mind because it's because of what just happened? Like I because I've heard him talk about this, and I've heard him think, yeah. and I've heard him say like, "Oh, it's been three or four years, and you know, I, it's already like I'm, I'm already like super um, spent so much energy into this, yeah. uh, and so right now I only see myself doing these next four years." But but if you saw like the emotion coming out of this man um, yeah. the night uh, that, that you guys won the thing, yeah. it, it wouldn't be surprise me if he's changed his mind completely. And he's like, you know what? Like I could see stay here for another ten years if I wanted. Yeah, I mean, and and the, the people the people would absolutely. Yeah, it's special now. Now it's actually absolutely. a special relationship. A hundred percent. It's it's. Uh, I will tell you something. It's always been a special relationship. Like the moment he walked through the door, his first pre- press conference was so empowering for the fans the f- one of the first things that he said was listen guys we have to turn from doubters to believers and right mean? now like we have to do it right now and that just resonated with the fans so much because the club was in such dire straits that we like a lot of the fan base were so disillusioned with the club they were disillusioned with how the club was being run. They, uh, they were disillusioned with going year after year after year after year of not achieving, of, of underachieving, of one of the low points of Liverpool is... The slip. Is, Steven, is the slip. I mean, the slip, yeah. yes. It's harsh. So other harsh. than the slip, you mm. have Steven Jarrett's last game for Liverpool was a 6-1 fucking defeat to Stoke. That what? Yeah. Really? His last game for Liverpool was a 6-1 defeat to Stoke, where he, he was the one who scored the one goal. And it, we had seen so much bullshit over the years that hearing a man like Klopp come in from his first moment and say, listen, I see you, I see you, I, I feel you, I know that you're, you're doubting, but I don't want you to doubt, I want you to believe. That just shows that he understands what what the job is about. He understands yeah. what the job is going to need in terms of um, tactics. With the fans, yeah. In terms yeah. of making that link with the fans, he understood instantly. If you get the Liverpool fans on your side, that's it. It's smooth sailing from here on in. You just have to worry about the tactics, getting in the right players. And sort of like all, all of the football stuff that you are you have been brought in to do. But once you get the fans on board and you, you create that link between the fans and the players and the coaching staff and the club in general, yeah, it bec- there's, there's such a beautiful cohesion between mm-hmm. everyone, literally everyone, from manager to players to coaching staff to fans to, to the, the ladies that run the cafeteria to... The uh, the co- the fitness uh, coaches to the uh, just everyone, like yeah. we w- to the goalkeeper like the goalkeeping coaches as well. You everyone sort of like gets seen in this team. Yes. Everyone yes. gets their due appreciation, and I think it's one hundred percent down to Jurgen. I think he brings he breeds that type of culture he breeds that type of yeah um emotion in within the team he breeds that kind of yeah uh, culture is culture is, is, is yeah it's 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 
possibly the most important thing. One hundred you know, at, at a football club. And, and like, uh, like you said, like going back to that point you you made before, if he didn't have the character that he has, yeah. I don't think we 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 get where we are today. Yeah. Because it's, the way he is, people players want to run through a brick wall for you, and that's exactly what you need from a manager. You need a manager yeah. who's strong, who want who the players like feel like, yeah, I I want to play for you, man, and and the fans feel like you're the, exactly the type of manager I want managing my team. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I couldn't have. I mean, that's that's quite a hell of a tribute, and I think <laughs> he's well de well deserving. Um, on that note, I think we we should end. Um, yes. I will say one more time, congratulations. I know it's been a long journey for you. Thank um, you. I can only imagine um, how, how, how delighted you must feel and how delighted you and your family oh. and, and the rest of Liverpool must feel. And um, let's just take um, that. Just, just, let's just appreciate that and, you know, have gratitude for, for the season that we just had or, or that we'll just about to end. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, congratulations Absolutely. again. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's, it's been a hell of a season, man. It's been a hell of a season. And then just like, I can't wait to see the rest of the, uh, the rest of the games. Uh, play out um, I'm excited to see the, the, the race for top 4 that's going to that's gonna be a hell of a race there yeah I mean for once we're not in it so <laughs> I don't have to worry about that <laughs> I, I have to worry I about the race for top 8 <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't mean to sort of like read it, to, to like rub it in thanks everyone this has been Hussein Saif thank you this has been Karim Hussein we'll see you next time take care bye bye Woo! I like that. That's pretty cool.